Live and local, this is The Game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Open for the end zone. It's a Saints touchdown. It's time for two hours of the best sports talk on the airwaves. Here's your host, the Blonde Bomber, Jordy Holtberg. A great good afternoon to you and yours. Happy Friday, October 21st, the year 2022. And we are off and running. Oh, God, the Saints suck. They are just, they are just bad. Thank gosh that the Pelicans are rolling. Game two for the Pelicans. We'll talk about this and much, much more as we get rolling today. We are jam-packed. So without further ado, my main man, James Mesh, back in the master control suite, in the game studios, in the producer's chair, spinning the tunes, pushing all the buttons. He's on the campus of Delta Media, which houses KLWB which is 1037 Lafayette. We're also on in, La- in Lake Charles on 1041 FM. We're streaming around the world, literally, 1037thegame.com, 1041thegame.com. And if you're in the Acadiana area and you've got a television set, well, get that remote control and click it on because we're also simulcast on Stadium 32.3 and 133 on LUS Fiber. Did you miss the headlines of the day? Not to worry. The Blonde Bomber has you covered. Here is Holtberg's headlines. Aaron Boone is saying that Houston's open roof killed the Yankees. What? What? You know what killed the Yankees? Um, Alex Bregman's three-run homer and the great pitching staff as the Astros win again. They take a two-zip lead in the best-of-seven series as the American League Championship Series shifts over to the Bronx in New York for games Saturday and Sunday. And if the Yanks can win one, they'll have another game on Monday. Yes, uh, it's game three in the NLCS tonight. The series tied a game apiece. The San Diego Padres and the Philadelphia Phillies. The series has shifted to the city of brotherly love. The Pelicans try and make it 2-0 and as they take on Carolina. Oh, it's Charlotte, rather. Uh, the Charlotte Hornets. Um, in game one, the big three, Zion, B.I., CJ combined for 74 points. Can they do it again? Well, we shall see. The home opener coming up on Sunday against the Utah Jazz. The Saints were deep six. That's all I can tell you. 42 to 34. Deep six because back to back pick sixes into the end zone for touchdowns. Just, just mind boggling. Just ridiculous. Just crazy the disaster struck the saints as they unraveled in the second quarter uh to fall 42 to 34 mm. and now the saints are two and five overall and they have some time off dennis allen said uh take the weekend off come on back report on monday we'll see it just just doesn't look good i mean 
Look, they're they're one of the highest payroll teams in in the NFL. They don't have any draft picks. They don't have a true starting quarterback. They're getting old in the tooth in some places. It just there's no natural disaster to blame uh, this time. Uh, The Saints season has nosedived into whatever could go wrong will go wrong. They're beating themselves. And there's all kind of conspiracy theorists out there. You know, you know how it goes. I remember when uh, Skip Bertman hired Smoke Laval and Smoke Laval, good guy, really good baseball guy, just not a good baseball coach, manager, not a manager, not a head coach in college. A lot of people said, you know what? Skip hired Smoke. Not that he needs to look any better, but you had me now. Now look at you now. So it's the guy that follows the guy, right? Now everybody's talking about Dennis Allen, and rightfully so. He failed miserably when he was the coach of the Raiders, and here he is in his second opportunity as a head coach. And this was a team that many thought were going to be a sleeper in the NFL and have one of those type of years. But, boy, it's gone south in a hurry. Two and five uh, as they get ready for mm, for Vegas um, a week from Sunday. So it's almost time to thank goodness for the Pelicans. They're fun to watch. They are fun to watch. Our guest list today, and we are jam-packed, so let's get right to it. Uh, Larry Holder will join us in a few minutes, and we'll talk about the Saints and uh, what do they do from here in that halftime interview with Dennis Allen. What did you tell your quarterback, Andy Dalton? Well, keep doing what he's doing. He didn't mean to say it like that. He really didn't because three interceptions. One was not Andy Dalton's fault. That wide receiver, gee whiz, right in the right in the hands. You got to catch it. But one in the red zone and the second one, uh, or the third one, uh, just a bad, bad throw. Two of them taken back to the house. So we'll talk with Larry Holder of that. 50 years ago, LSU scored with very little time left on the clock. Ole Miss fans still, still, still despise LSU for it. The quarterback that threw the pass. The legendary Burt Jones will join us at around 2.25 this afternoon. We'll talk all things and how how he feels about the state of the party. You know, I have a funny feeling Burt Jones would love to have been an NFL quarterback now. You can't touch the quarterback. You can't hit him. I mean, that guy was banged up, beat up uh, uh, when he was with the Baltimore Colts. And what a great quarterback he was. Cokie Riley will join us uh, at around 2.45. We'll talk, get his thoughts on LSU and Ole Miss. Boy, what a big game. It's brewing up. Hour number two, Corey Diaz will join us. We'll talk Cajuns versus Arkansas State. Fridays with Faust. Uh, St. Thomas More Turlings Catholic High School football game. It's a big one. And then George Becknell, James Mesh, and I will do our weekly picks. That's what's in store. We'll take our first time out. Larry Holder, when we return to the Jordy Helfrich Show on the game, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles. It's a football Friday, and we're your home for the LSU Tigers and the Houston Astros in southwest Louisiana. Tune in every weekday at 8.15 a.m. and 3.15 p.m. for the LSU Sports Update. Presented by Tibbs Trailers here on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana's sports station. 
right, we are back 13 minutes after the hour. Um, sometimes, no matter what you try and do, um, disaster lurks. And it seems like disaster lurks and finds the New Orleans Saints in every aspect. Um, in the span of less than two minutes last night, the Saints went from leading the Arizona Cardinals by a touchdown to trailing by 14 points. Larry Holder of The Athletic been following the saints for a long long time and he joins us now i mean if there's a thing called snake bit it's the snake bit saints larry holder good afternoon sir how are you i'm here larry what's happened to this club well it sounds like they do know the truth uh just gauging from uh what alvin Kamara said after the game uh look he's he's one who stood up and basically called out the team and i mean look they they are a team that's lost i mean what uh, you can make every excuse with injuries this, that and the other every team deals with them but it's it, it's habitual just the things they're doing they're not like you said they're not creating takeaways and they're giving the ball away i mean what, yeah and it's it's also we, look we all we knew that the offense might be the kind of the weaker side of the ball we yep. figured the defense yeah. would be the stronger side of the ball and the defense just it's not what it needs to be. I mean, it's just not. I mean, I, I get that the two touchdowns came off of two pick sixes, but still, this defense is not what we're we were thinking, right. and it's something that I don't know where they go from here. I mean, it's, I uh, it's something that uh, they play the Raiders next. I mean, they're kind of a team that's also a bit lost, but still, I, how can you trust the Saints? I mean, I, I don't know. Yeah. It's uh, it's troubling uh, with what's going on and it's it's just it's everywhere i mean it's you know offense defense you know you name it it's there is it fair to start to wonder uh about this coaching hire i don't think it's that i don't think it's fair yet i I really don't i I just think that when you don't have consistent quarterback play this is what happens i mean that's just what it is you knew that the Saints were going to be a bit scrambling uh, at quarterback. I mean, they didn't draft one this year. Uh, they leaned on two veterans who have just been okay at best in their careers. I mean, you know, so it's not just a all right one game thing. I mean, that that's the thing. We got to look at it as a cumulative thing now. Uh, mm-hmm. And look, sure, Andy Dalton threw four touchdowns, but he threw three interceptions and a lot of that, you know, some of that last night was in comeback mode and this, that, and the other. So um, when you don't have stability at quarterback, uh, this is what happens. They didn't have stability at quarterback last year. They went nine and eight. Don't have stability at quarterback right now, and they're two and five. Yeah. And where are the weapons? I mean, look, we thought that the Saints would be rolling with Michael Thomas and Jarvis Landry and Chris Olave. You know, they've basically uh, been rolling with just Chris Olave, uh, right. and it's not enough. I, t- I tell you, the biggest disappointment, though, is this defense. They forgot how to tackle, and they keep making bonehead plays and penalty after penalty that keeps teams on the field. I know they were out without their cornerbacks. I understand. I understand, and DeAndre Hopkins made them pay. But some of these key players that are out there, they, they just say something's amiss. Yeah, look, you and me have talked about for the last few weeks, even not even just t- shoddy tackling. We talked about just pass pressure. I mean, they they have fallen yeah. off the map. Uh, two years yeah. ago, they were number two in the league in pressure percentage. Now they're last. 
and it's not getting any better. Uh, so where do you go from there? I mean, and it's it's kind of just across the board. You know, they're 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 front seven or six. I mean, at this rate, you know, it's basically a front six these days. Yeah. Uh, but but still, it's it's not where it needs to be, and it's it's very troubling because where do you go? I mean, you 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 have these veteran players with money on the books, and where do you go? I mean, you're not going anywhere from here. Now I'm right. just talking about look, I two and five. I don't think they're going to be really storing back from this. Uh, so it's it's sad to say that we're in what uh, late, you know, mid to late October, and that hope is fading. And, and yeah. uh, in, in, in a lot of people's eyes, it's already gone. And so I, right. I get it. Yeah. Um, heck, if, if the New Orleans Pelicans win tonight in Charlotte, which they should, people are going to turn the page, and rightly so. That is the most odd thing I've ever heard of in my life, and yet it's true. <laughs> yeah. You know, uh, yeah, it's uh, after watching the, the Pelicans beat up on the Nets uh, in, on opening night, and they should beat Charlotte and come in, uh, and people are excited about it. Like, yeah. Look, because guess what? They have the pieces to the puzzle now. It's like the Saints <laughs> right. don't have the pieces to the puzzle. Now where do you go? Um, I, I don't know. I, I was just I, I thought for a while Andy Dalton played was playing really, really well. Then he throws the interception in the red zone. The second interception was not his fault. I mean, Marquez Callaway. I, I'm telling you, if I was a coach, I'd have had him running sprints till he couldn't sprint anymore. I mean, you just that can't happen, man. That can't happen. Then the third one, uh, the pressure hit him and uh, that was just a, a lame duck. And unfortunately, um, not only can the defense not tackle, but the offense can't tackle either. Yeah, and maybe Marquez Callaway heard uh, some uh, maybe whispers about him maybe being traded. I don't know. Maybe I don't know. But still, it's but it, look when you're down to your your you know first round pick receiver and Marquez Callaway, uh, he's when you're fully healthy, he's struggling to find the field. Uh, so it's. It's just the same things happening over and over again. I mean, over you know, and over. And that's you know, coaching. Just, that's coaching, Larry. It just is. Yeah, I mean, I think that probably has something to do with it. I mean, it's uh, people maybe not buying in or or what. I mean, you know, it's here's the thing though: the Saints are in a, and you mentioned the panic about coaching earlier. I mean, it's right. the Saints are in a situation where they've known Dennis Allen for a long time and. Like I don't think he got dumb all of a sudden, uh, but right. maybe right. some of this is not being, uh, you know, as uh, the message isn't being received like it should be, uh, specifically maybe on offense. But still, I, I still go back to when you don't have a quarterback, this is what happens. Amen. I mean, half the league is basically like this. When you don't have one, yeah. you're chasing, and that's I'm what it's are. They're chasing. It would be remiss if we didn't have a bold prediction from you. So I know you predicted Arizona to win last night. So let's get your thoughts real quick. LSU Ole Miss. LSU got themselves a quarterback. Can he be consistent? What do you think happens tomorrow? I know last week I didn't even make a prediction. Didn't I predict a tie because I was so scared? You did, make, uh, and then you did predict LSU a tie, yes. <laughs> comes out yes. And, and, look, they, their offense explodes. And we were worried about offense last week. Uh but no, look. I, I think I like. I'm going to go bold. I say LSU wins. I'm going to go with the odds makers. I, you know, just, Ole Miss. I get. 
where they are, but still, I, I think LSU's starting to kind of figure this thing out. Maybe still we don't need to have a punt returner, just leave it vacant. <laughs> so, you know, <laughs> so that doesn't happen, but I, I think that they're starting to kind of figure this thing out. And people, hey, here's the thing like, people are starting to buy in to Brian Kelly. I think we're starting to see that. And so yes. uh, I think LSU, look, I think the odds makers are right. I think LSU can win this game, and I'm predicting to win. Larry Holder, The Athletic, have a great weekend, man. No Saints to cover, thank goodness. Uh, enjoy enjoy it, man. I appreciate it. I was it. about to say, yeah, yeah. You, you, the Saints can't lose on Sunday because they already lost That's on right. Thursday. <laughs> That's right, man. You be good. Take care. Uh, we'll take right, a quick Jordan, time out here. Burke Jones, week, when we return 50 years ago, Ole Miss calls it the night that uh, time stood still. We'll talk about it when we return here on the Jordy Heltberg Show. Alexa and the game make a great team. Do yourself a favor and enable the Alexa skill, the game Southwest Louisiana, so you can keep it locked in to the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, wherever you go. And we're back 30 minutes after the hour. Hail issue Ole Miss tomorrow. Um, 50 years ago, the, the Ole Miss fans still can't forgive and forget or still complaining about things. The night the time stood still. Uh, our next guest heavily involved in that. He went to Ruston High School, where he was nicknamed the Ruston Rifle, then to LSU, then the second overall pick in the NFL draft to the Baltimore Colts, ironically, in 1973, a pick acquired from the New Orleans Saints. Maybe the Saints would have come out of the desert a lot sooner if they could have drafted Burt Jones. Burt's on his way to Baton Rouge, where he'll be a guest captain tomorrow. Burt, thank you for the time, man. How are you, buddy? I'm doing great, Jordan. How about yourself? I am doing terrific. I'm doing terrific. i got to ask you, with the way the rules are in the NFL now, wouldn't you have loved to be a quarterback in the NFL now as compared to when you played, when quarterbacks got beat up all the time? Yeah, still be playing. <laughs> <laughs> still be playing. That's true. That's true. All right, you're the guest captain. LSU is so good about these kind of things. 50 years ago, why is Ole Miss still complaining? I don't look at that. There's a sign. You're entering Louisiana. Set your clocks back eight seconds. Uh, <laughs> I don't know why they're complaining. Do you have any idea? I mean, no. My, the I... clock operator was not close kin. He was what second, maybe third cousin once removed. Uh, and you know, it, it's just good verification that I had a quick release. I mean, you did. not everybody can throw three passes in eight seconds. You did, and um, Ole Miss is still befuddled that y'all had trips trips left. They, that, that never happened in college football back then. Y'all were, Coach Mack was ahead of his time. Trips left, you ran the little pick play, and Brad Davis goes to the pylon, and the rest is history. <laughs> yeah. Good thing they didn't have instant replay review. Uh, <laughs> if you know what I'm saying, on the pick <laughs> or the class completion, uh, but Brad did a good job. He brought it in, maintained possession. I'm not sure if he was in or out of bounds, but we won. That's all that counts, right? That's- <laughs> 
50 years later, it still looks like an L to me. I mean, it looks like a W to me. So so there you go. And poor Harry Harrison just just can't let it go. I had him on last year, and he won't let it go, Bert. I'm like, come on, Harry, get on with your life. Oh, well, I, I can understand. Actually, there was an article where Harry and I both were interviewed for the article. Uh, it was quite humorous. I'm not sure what paper in Mississippi it was, but... Uh, I met a friend who is a friend now in Europe uh, going down on a river cruise down the Rhine River. And when she found out who I was, her her comment was, uh, you broke my heart and then you slit my throat. Go to hell, LSU. (laughs) (laughs) So obviously DraftKings was not in existence at the time, but there were a lot of bookies involved in, in sports back in the day. And maybe, maybe she made a slight investment and lost some. I don't know, Bert. I don't know. I don't think anybody, you know, uh, of course I am not a gambler. Uh, I, I do have gentlemen's bets of which I have a gentleman's bet with Archie Manning every year about who <laughs> wins the LSU Ole Miss game. And the loser gets to sign the dollar bill and send it to the winner. Uh, but uh, I I don't think anybody as it relates to Ole Miss and to LSU the affinity for the matchup doesn't have to do with gambling it has to do with their allegiance to their university i.e. Ole Miss and LSU Absolutely. LSU leads the series all time, 64-41-4. So I would imagine you've got uh, a couple of more dollar bills in your wallet than Archie does well, actually, I'm posted on the my office wall. I'm not sure where Archie keeps his, but he has plenty. <laughs> More than I want him to have. <laughs> what do you What do you think? You you are you know you love football. You know football. What What do you think of Brian Kelly and what he's been able to do to date with a five and two record facing an Ole Miss team that's coming in undefeated? What, do you, what What's your perspective of this program? Uh, you know, my perspective is is I am Brian is a great coach. Mm-hmm. Coach Kelly is a great coach. I've, I've seen what he's done in years prior, other universities, yep. and I've been around him and I watch him. Uh, I have uh, met and, and spoken with him, and and I'm a fan. That's just all I can say is I, I'm an yep. LSU fan, and I do like Brian Kelly. And I think he's doing a spectacular job because. You know, it's difficult coming in on your first year. And, look, we're in the SEC. There is there's not a single game that's going to be easy. That's right. It's just all work. And, you know, he doesn't have, uh, you know, his his crew yet. But, right. you know, he's working on it. And I, I think there are only good things to come when he gets all the players that he needs in the key positions. And we already see the success that he's having with the talent that he didn't recruit and bring in. Good point. I I get asked this all the time, so I'm going to ask you, Bert, if they had NIL money back in the day when you were at LSU, dude, come on. Seriously. You'd have been, you'd have been making bank. (laughs) (laughs) You were tall, you're you're Uh, handsome, you're the quarterback, uh, you wear number seven. I've always been an advocate that that they should, they should pay student athletes. Uh, I, I, you know, I'm not sure how they should do it and the ways that they should do it, 
But look, it's a hard job. I average six to eight hours a day while going to school. Yeah. Uh, and and I'm proud for them. I don't have any problem with it. Uh, matter of fact, I have a friend that has uh, a son that's going to school, and I was laughing. He was mentioned to me that hey. You're not going to believe this, but he's probably going to make more money than you and I made in our whole professional career before he walks on campus. That's true. And I love it. It's great. (laughs) I love it. Bert Jones with us. Um, Just another minute or two. Um, Have you finally retired? Are you still chopping wood? I am not chopping wood, but I am still working every day in my lumber business. I started it in 1978 when I was playing for the Baltimore Colts, and uh, I enjoy uh, the work. I have a good team, uh, you know, and and the lumber business has been very, very good to me. I mean, my father is almost 98, and he worked till he was 92, so what are we going to do every morning when you wake up if you don't go to work? I'm, I'm, I hope to keep doing this for a long, long time. All I have to do is talk. And as long as I have pipes, right, I can talk. <laughs> you can talk. I've never yeah. discounted that fact. You can talk. <laughs> well, I hope you have some fun I'm, plans for the, for the weekend. I hope you have a good dinner tonight and um, meet up with some of your buddies like Doug Morrow and company. And you all have a good time and then uh, step out on the field and get the Tigers a win tomorrow. I think I think we will. As a matter of fact, I, I have a group of men now, old men like myself, that were here when I was there. And uh, as a football player, I lived a very isolated life, so I, I was crazy. And my roommate and I said, let's go see what the real world in college life is. So Tommy Casanova and I walked over to and, and joined the fraternity. <laughs> and it was great. I have lifelong friends from football and I have lifelong friends from the regular environment at LSU. And they're having a 50-year anniversary of which I'm going to go walk in the door with them and have a lot of belly laughs. That is going to be great. Still one of the best nights ever. LSU, when Saban was coaching, it was like a New Year's Eve, and we're getting ready to play in a championship game, I believe, and where you you had a bunch of us over to the Windsor Court, and we watched all the fireworks. That's one of the greatest nights of fun that I've had. So I just want to, again, thank you for the invite to that. Well, you're certainly welcome, but that's one of your best nights. You need to raise your bar. Well, I mean, I don't get to hang out with people like you all the time. Uh, I'm just trying to compliment you, Bert. Work with me, baby. Work with me. Oh, okay. I'll do it. Well, just find a horse. I ride a horse. I my bird dogs most every day during the winter. So, so grab a horse and you can hang out with me anytime you want to. I would love it. I would love it. Uh, I don't think the horse would like it because I'd be holding on for dear life. But other than that, it's okay. Well, Bert, um, I know it's short and sweet. I greatly appreciate the time. Um, Have fun on the field. I hope you're wearing the number seven jersey. Are you going to wear that tomorrow? I don't know. Whose number is that? That was my number, wasn't it? I I, I, I thought that was yours, man. I thought I thought. I'm I'm speaking at you, yes. As a matter of fact, I think I was the first player. Matter of fact, I know I was the first player to, in modern day, if you call 50 years ago modern day, <laughs> but I was the first player to wear the number seven for the LSU Tigers. How did you come up with that number? 
Well, I was wearing number 13 because my daddy coached for the Cleveland Browns and the Browns uh, quarterback was a guy named Frank Ryan and Coach McClendon yeah. came up to me between my freshman and sophomore year and he said, Bert, I hate unlucky numbers. I can't have a quarterback with number 13. And so I, <laughs> I blew and said, well, how about seven? That's a lucky number. Hence the answer, I'm number seven. See, they could have been seven come 11. You could have been 11, but seven's far more iconic. I love it. See, that's a story I didn't know. Charlie Mack, superstitious. Go figure. Burt Jones, the Rustin Rifle, uh, driving into Baton Rouge. Safe trip, my friend. Enjoy every minute of it. Um, and thank you for spending some time with us, man. I really do appreciate it. Good speaking with you. Have a great day. All right, buddy. That's uh Burt Jones with us. All right, time to cook up some gumbo for a very good cause. The Realtor Association of Acadiana is hosting its annual gumbo cook-off at Park International on Wednesday, October 26th from 5 to 7 o'clock. The family-friendly event features a Halloween costume contest, music by the Baton Rouge, by the Rouge crew, excuse me, and, of course, great gumbo from 2016's of area realtors who are competing to earn the title of Best Gumbo. Tickets cost 10 bucks, can be purchased with cash only at the event all proceeds benefit three local charities in maddie's footprints habitat for humanity and lane's legacy so come out eat some gumbo help out local charities and have some halloween fun with the realtor association of acadiana's annual gumbo cook-off on wednesday bert's 71 years old still looks great um Truly a great quarter. Could you imagine if the Saints had kept their pick back in 1973, Saints could have had Burt Jones. Maybe their history took a turn for the better a lot sooner because he was really, really, really good. I will take a time out here. When we come back, we'll talk more X's and O's of the game itself. Cokie Riley of the Daily Advertiser, who covers the LSU Tigers, joins us next on this Football Friday edition of the Jordy Helpert Show here on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, your home for the LSU Tigers in southwest Louisiana. Jordy Holtenberg is known far and wide as the Blonde Bomber. For the perfectly feathered golden mane he rocked back in the day at LSU. The hair may not be as golden or as long, but Jordy is still making a name for himself. Back to more of the Jordy Holtberg Show on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. 47 minutes after the hour on this football Friday, October 21st. Uh, for being 7-0, and Ole Miss coming into Tiger Stadium tomorrow, 2.30 kickoff here on the game. They're about as far below the national radar to this point an undefeated SEC team can be in mid-October. But the number eight is very significant. Ole Miss hasn't been 8-0 and in 60 years. They haven't won in Baton Rouge since 2008. And now everybody's wondering just how legit is Ole Miss. Cokie Riley covers the Tigers for the Daily Advertiser, the USA Today Network, joining us on this Friday. Cokie, good afternoon, buddy. How do you think? Uh, how you feeling? Feeling pretty good, you know. I'm ready for this pretty big game. Uh, it's going to yeah. be very telling for both teams. It is a very, very big game. Does it come down to simply can LSU's front seven um, 
slow down uh, Judkins and Zach Evans and make Jackson Dart throw to beat us? Is that does, is that simplifying things too much? That might be simplifying too, things too much, but at the same time, I, I do agree in that that is the ultimately the key to the game. Um, and I think using the word slow down is important for a game like this because they're not going to stop Ole Miss to under, say, 100 or even 150 rushing yards. That just seems unrealistic given um, how good that rushing attack has been this year, how – uh, they're not they're not like Florida and they're they're not going to condense the box at all in and they're going to spread it out and still run the ball extremely effectively right um, it's just a matter of slowing it down and making it manageable and giving your offense a chance and enforcing kind of and essentially I hate to say this because it's kind of a cliche but uh, forcing Ole Miss to beat you so uh, mm-hmm. yeah I think that's kind of the key to the game if there had to be one right it's just it's right. slowing down. That old, that almost rushing attack and making Jackson Dart beat you with his arm because he just hasn't had to do that that much this this season. Um, he's an effective thrower. He, he, I mean, he's a very talented thrower of the football for for darn sure. Um, but you take away a running game from him and you add some pressure into the mix, then then things might get interesting. Uh, Koki Riley with us. Um, look, the uh, offensively, the Florida game for LSU was by far their best game of the season. And I think Florida uh, Ole Miss fans are going, why did Jaden Daniels have to look so good? And why did they have to get Kayshawn Booty back involved? Because it was in 2020 that Booty had his breakout game against Ole Miss, had an SEC record 308 yards receiving and three touchdowns against Ole Miss as a true freshman. My big question coming into this week's game, can they maintain consistency in that aspect of the game. And I, I guess that's why we're going to play the game and see, but boy, if they do, this LSU team's going to be a tough out. Yeah, it'll be a really interesting game if that, that is the case, right? It could very well be a shootout if that happens. If LSU's offense is, is moving the ball up and down the field consistently, especially through the air. Um, because, you know, it, it's going to be hard to rely on the defense in this game. The defense just has to hold up. You know, I mean, if the defense crumbles apart, then you're then you're leaning on the offense. And anytime, except for I guess the Florida game, anytime they've really leaned on the offense, it just hasn't just hasn't really worked out. So, yeah, I mean, it, I, I think this. I think last week gives you confidence, but I don't think it gives you certainty that the that the passing game has been fixed. It's still a one game sample size, but you know, one game is better than no games, I guess. This comes down to, look, and Will Campbell and Emory Jones Jr., the two bookend freshman tackles on this offensive line. I, I did some research. Nobody in the SEC has had more time under duress than LSU's quarterback, Jaden Daniels. Um, he's faced pressure on a league-high 79 dropbacks, resulting in a league-high 21 sacks. What is Ole Miss good at? sacking the quarterback second best in the league so how does the offensive line hold up does Jaden daniels have to run for his life again that's key number two to me yeah yeah i i feel like that's definitely something to keep an eye out for in this game but i'll, I'll throw a couple of wrinkles with that i, I think what you're saying is, is it definitely makes sense i i feel like um the two freshmen have held up better than you expect the tackle spots right. but they've still give up given has they, but they've still surrendered their fair amount of pressure as you mentioned um but Ole Miss also has trouble tackling and they have trouble containing mobile quarterbacks um we've seen this in like in little bits and pieces uh throughout Ole Miss's season on defense this season 
Uh, it hasn't really come back to bite them, mainly because they haven't played anyone as dynamic of a runner as uh, Jaden Daniels is. Mm-hmm. So that's sort of a, a worry on Ole Miss's side. Can they keep Jaden Daniels in the pocket and bottle him up, right? Because they can't pin their ears back and just go after the quarterback willy-nilly, or, or else they're going to miss too many tackles and Daniels is going to be scrambling for first down. Um, so that's going to be really interesting to see the dynamic between those two sides, that that push and pull between when do you just go all out and, and try to uh, bring bring down Daniels um, uh, for a sack, and, and when do you try to just contain him in the pocket and just and just squeeze the pocket so he literally just has no more space to run, you know? So I How feel like you... that's going to be a very important as- aspect of this game, and almost he's going to have to do a better job of that. Uh, I'm with you. Koki Riley, kind enough to join us. Why do you think Vegas is high on LSU and has them as a one-and-a-half-point favorite against an undefeated seventh-ranked team in the country? Yeah, that's a, that's a very good question. Um, I, I think it's because Ole Miss's schedule, if you look at it, they haven't been challenged that much this season, let's, yeah. let's be honest. I mean, Kentucky yeah. was really the only real challenge that they faced this season. Um, and their other and that was, game, that was in Oxford. So this are, is really their first true road game. Yeah, this week's their first road game, really. Um, I mean, Georgia Tech and Vanderbilt, those weren't great environments. I mean, I had Nick Suss on my Twitter Spaces show earlier this week, and he was Apple at both games, and that's what he, what he said, so I believe him. Um, so I, I, this is really almost his first true road game, and that Kentucky game was at home, even though they were challenged and arguably should have lost that game. Yeah. Uh, and Kentucky's a very good team. That's, I'm, that's nothing against Kentucky, of course. Um, and then the rest of their schedule, it's it, again, it's just nothing much. Auburn was a home game, and it, at that that game was more competitive than I thought it would be as well. So, yeah, they just haven't really been challenged in terms of their schedule. I mean, Lake Kippen said earlier this week that LSU is the by far the most talented team they faced this season, and I mean, it's hard to totally disagree with them because in Kentucky, it, they're a great team. They're probably better than LSU, but are they more talented than LSU just on paper? Probably not. You know, yeah. LSU just has more five-star level recruits, right? Uh, former recruits, I should say. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, like this, is, I think that's probably uh, reason number one. Reason number two is that is that you know this game's in Baton Rouge, right? So, yeah. I mean, when 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 in doubt, favor the home team. I think that's kind of what Vegas is going here. And I think LSU fans are really warming to Brian Kelly because they, you take away the Tennessee game, they fell behind in that thing, and they just had no chance whatsoever. But other than that, they keep getting better and better and better each week. And they did bounce back. They did face some adversity late against Florida. But that, uh, uh, that those first three quarters, that's about as good as this football team, I think, can play. Yeah, yeah, I would agree. I mean, the only – I think the exception to that would be Muff Punt, of course. Right, um, all right, the special right, teams right. issues. I mean, if if you had to criticize Kelly and his first season, it has to be the special teams issues because, I mean, you're not seeing that at USC. <laughs> you know, you're That's... not seeing that with these, all these other first year head coaches. It's it's yeah. mostly just happening at LSU. So that that's a fair criticism, I think. And then the big plays on defense. I think they gave up too many big plays against Florida for sure, especially in that second half. No, but no I mean, question. you're right. I'm they have the... gotten better each week, and that ultimately should be the goal. Should have been the goal for the season in the first place. I'm almost to the point where you you raise your hand up for a fair catch, but you don't catch it. You just let it bounce, yeah. and hopefully it takes a good bounce for you and not a bad bounce. I just don't want to see I, any more I, fumbled punts, man. I just don't want. I, I, Health wise, exactly. LSU in good exactly. shape. Yeah, I mean, it's not it's not perfect, right? Major Burns is going to be out yeah. this week. Eric Dellinger is going to be out this week. Of course, there's Mason Smith. 
Um, but, I mean, Armani Goodwin's going to play this week, and nobody right. really expected that to happen heck, two weeks ago. I mean, Brian Kelly sort of talked about how they had this kind of amazing, um, uh, kind of remarkable uh, procedure that they put out that, that they had with his hamstring. And I know I sound like, um, like some sort of miracle doctor when I say this, but this are, these are his words. Uh, so, <laughs> yeah, yeah, and he'll be ready to play this week despite um, having that procedure in his hamstring. So, they're going to get a running back back. Um, uh, I, I still kind of worry about the secondary a little bit in this game as well. Just even though they held up better against Florida, Florida's not as good of a passing team as Ole Miss is. So right. that's going right. to be interesting to see. So the major Burns absence and, of course, no seven banks as well. But I don't even know if he'll come back for the rest of the season. Um, so, yeah, I, I mean, they're, they're a little light. But at the same time, I, I think they're healthy enough that they, they should be okay. In 10 seconds, give me a score. I had LSU 28, Ole Miss 27, and this is kind of a coin flip. I feel like this is a coin flip game. I kind of agree with Vegas here. Um, I, I, I I don't know. I, I feel like this feels like the right game where for LSU in terms of all the good things they've been doing yeah. and all the improvements they've had throughout the year where it's sort of out to crescendos in this game. He's out the Alabama games next, but it, you, you see it more Coke. fully realized in a game like this. Koki Riley, thank you so much. Time for the Rebels to come back down to earth. Have a good weekend, man. We greatly appreciate it. Our number one's in the books. Our Thanks number so two much. straight ahead on the football Friday edition of the Jordy Helford Show on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles. You're home for those LSU Tigers in southwest Louisiana. Live and local, this is the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Open for the end zone. It's a Saints touchdown. It's time for two hours of the best sports talk on the airwaves. Here's your host, the Blonde Bomber, Jordy Holtberg. And a great afternoon, hour number two of two, and away we go on this Friday, October 21st, the year 2022. We talked about the Saints debacle against the Arizona Cardinals. We talked about Houston getting win game two win against the New York Yankees. The Pels trying to get their second win in two tries tonight as they're in Charlotte to take on the Hornets. They should win the game, but you never know in the NBA. Um, what we haven't talked about is what we're going to talk now, and that's uh, what what – Kate, raging Cajun fans hope what they saw last Wednesday at Marshall, they're hoping that was kind of the, the start of this season and how they got things in order and the execution and everything they've done now is full steam ahead as they get ready to welcome Arkansas State to Cajun Field for a four o'clock kickoff tomorrow afternoon. Corey Diaz joins us he covers the cajuns for the usa network and daily the daily advertiser um cory had some days off because of the wednesday night game good for you but now it's back to the grind thanks for the time buddy how are you yeah man hey you, you know you, you got to take advantage of uh you know of a, at least a day off you know when you can during football season uh absolutely so, uh, sorry sorry i missed you guys last week but great to, great to be back with you all this week 
All right. I've I've never been a believer in two quarterbacks ever. I'm sorry. I'm not criticizing Coach Desimo and, and his thing. I understand. But sometimes adversity um, claims something and it gives another opportunity. And it looked like to me that Ben Woolridge had the best game of a quarterback um, for the Cajuns this season when he played against Marshall. He, he just looked like he was in total control. Yeah, I you know I agree with you, Jordy. Um, you know, I, I think there is that that old adage in football, right, where um, you know a lot of these guys they they like to go out there and perform and play and and not have to you know potentially look over their shoulder, right, and who might mm-hmm. would be behind them, and um, and I, and that's not to say that you know uh, Chandler Fields has been affected by you know that potential uh, old adage and and, and approach um, and. I just thought that, uh, you know, Ben, you know, with a full game, um, I thought that there's uh, – I think there's proof in the pudding that, you know, offensive rhythm is is at a premium, you know, in, in today's college football and kind of how it operates, right, with teams going out there and, uh, you know, more more teams than not, right, are looking to pass first. And, and if you're going to be, you know, a pass-happy uh, pass offense, you know, you have to have some, some syncopation, you know, between your quarterback and wide receivers and – yeah, uh, you know we we talked to Michael Jefferson earlier this week, Jordy, and I thought I thought of it was probably been the most telling thing that that anybody has said to us, you know, in the last few weeks. Um, you know, he he said that he was able to get into a rhythm with Ben as the game progressed at Marshall last Wednesday, and you know that that kind of tells you right there. Um, yeah, and it, and again, it's not for a fault of of trying to play both guys because I, I do think both guys are probably deserving to play. Um, but there's something to be said about, you know, how the ball comes out differently between who is throwing it. And Michael no Jefferson doubt. said we were, I was able to get into a rhythm with Ben as he was throwing to me because Michael Jefferson had the best game of his season so far, I think seven catches last weekend too. So uh, I, I think there's something to be said about that, Jordy. I'm with you. Corey Diaz with us. Um, Chris Smith, man, you need a running game, especially against Arkansas State, who's like Swiss cheese against the run. What's his status? I know he had the hamstring and missed the Marshall game, but where where is he now? Yeah, you know, the last the last we've uh last I heard, man, you know, it's still he's still touch and go. He's still limited. Um, you know, he's go he's going to suit up, I'm 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 sure. Um, but I don't know if they're going to run him out there in the event that they don't necessarily need him. Um, you know, he was listed on the depth chart earlier this week, uh, and, and for all intents and purposes, Jordan, he was listed as the starting running back. Um, hmm. But you know, Dev said that you know he was you know questionable at best heading into uh, heading into Saturday, and um, you know, and this is and like you said, you know, Arkansas State, you know, they're not they're not Marshall. You know, Marshall had a has a really good rush defense, uh, and obviously, uh, Louisiana saw that last Wednesday. I think they rushed yeah. for I think their running backs had like fifty yards of rushing against right. Marshall uh, the other night, and so this is going to be a little different. Uh, Arkansas State is not known for stopping the run; uh, they're a little better in pass defense. Uh, the Red Wolves are, and so uh, I, I don't think Des and 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 Tim Leger and, and Matt Bergeron, the, the running backs coach, I don't think that they're going to run Chris out there if they don't feel he's up 100% healthy because, quite frankly, this isn't the game that you need to rush him back. Um, you know, I would say next Thursday night at Southern Miss is probably a game that you, you really, really, really hope to have him back because Southern Miss is a little more capable of, of stopping the run. 
I'm with you. Uh, Corey Diaz with us. Cajuns only averaging by 2.8 yards per carry. That is so anti-Cajuns from years past. It's crazy. But that's the offense side. The defense has quite a task ahead of them. Uh, the quarterback from Arkansas State, James Blackman, we talked to um, Matt Stoltz yesterday, the play-by-play voice for the Red Wolves. Blackman's net nearly 1,700 yards passing, 11 touchdowns, one interception, the transfer from Florida State. Um, he's the best quarterback Arkansas State has had in several years. This will be a tough test for the Cajuns' defense, I think. Yeah, you know, I think that, um, you know, I asked, asked Des, you know, on Wednesday, you know, about James Blackman's skill set. And if, you know, if there, if there had been anybody that they had seen up to this point in the year um, that was that was similar to him and um, – you know, he said, you know, that the Rogers kid at ULM, ULM was kind of close, um, but they hadn't, you know, and the, the Cephas kid with, with uh, southeastern Louisiana in the opener was, you know, kind of close. But they, they haven't seen anyone uh, like James um, because he, he certainly has the ability, um, you know, to, to tuck and run. If the pocket collapses, uh, you know, containment can certainly be hard on Blackman, um, but he's, he's got a, a really strong arm as well. And, and, you know, you don't sign with Florida State out of high school and not be a really good talent. You know, just right. things just didn't work out for James, you know, at FSU. And so uh, the, the kid's got it. He hasn't, he hasn't forgotten how to play quarterback or play the game of football. Uh, this is probably, I would say, Jordy, probably going to be the, the most talented quarterback that UL has seen uh, to this point in the year. Um, but again, you know, it, it's kind of go. It's going to be strength versus strength, right? Because I, I still think that uh, you know the strength of the Cajuns' defense is, is their pass defense with Eric Guerra, you know, at cornerback, right. Trey Amos opposite of him, and uh, and you have to give it to guys like Braylon Trahan and, and Cam Podesclo, uh, you know, Courtline Flowers. These guys at the safety positions, um, you know, they've kind of blown under the radar the last two or three weeks i think they have they have played really well on the back end kind of shoring some things up you know again if you think about how marshall tried to attack ul defensively through the air and then uh, rewind the clock you know almost a month ago and what rice was able to do i mean jordy i mean those two games are performances by the past defense of ul is almost night and day so uh, you have to give it to the safeties, man. They've really stepped over, uh, really stepped up up the last couple of weeks, and um, you know this is going to be strength versus strength. So it, somebody's going to have to bend on Saturday afternoon. I, I, hey, look, if they if that front seven can continue to pressure the quarterback like Jones and uh, Hill Green did, uh, five sacks against Marshall, they can do that. Um, man, I like the chances of. Uh, of the raging Cajuns. With that all being said and done, it's kind of ironic. It's so similar. Uh, LSU and UL had a great performance from their quarterback in their last outing. Um, everybody's hoping that this is going to be consistent for the year out offensively. And now here comes another big test. Both teams playing at home. How do you see UL and Arkansas State uh, coming out? Yeah, you know, I, I think um... – I think for the first time this year, Jordy, uh, to to ensure themselves a win, um, I think I think Louisiana is going to have to score points. Um, and that's not to say that you know that 
you know, Arkansas State on offense is just going to run up and down the field, you know, on occasions uh, because I don't necessarily think that's going to happen. But I, I think it's imperative for the offense um, to bring together positive plays, stay on schedule, mm-hmm. do not get behind the chains, sustain drives, finish drives with touchdowns, um, and as well as field goals. You know, just getting points at the end of drives I think is going to be crucial uh, Saturday because Arkansas State – and just 100% has the ability at any play to take the top off of the defense. You know, you catch one guy that, that takes a half step wrong, that will get burned, they could score. And so I think the offense is going to have to uh, put together drives and score points uh, in order to win this game on Saturday. These games between these two teams are always close. It yes, doesn't matter are. what the records are. Um, yeah. They're always close. But, I, you know, I could easily see UL winning by a couple of touchdowns on Saturday afternoon. I just hey. think, you know, visiting with the coaches and some of the players this week after that Marshall win, these guys really do kind of have a different vibe to them than what we had kind of seen and experienced through the first five weeks, especially during that three-game losing streak. These guys kind of, they're carrying their shoulders, you know, a little higher. So I think okay. that's something that they'll carry into this game on Saturday. All right, we shall see. They're one, uh, Arkansas State has got to be one of the most dangerous two and five teams in the country. They've played a lot of people close. They've got a really good quarterback. Uh, Butch Jones trying to resurrect his career as the coach. Learned, you know, went to Tennessee, failed, went to Nick Saban and had some success there. Now he's at Arkansas State. We shall see. Man, I hope the Cajuns come out. I hope the fans come out for that 4 o'clock kickoff and pack that joint as much as possible and uh, – Back the uh, the vermilion and white, man. That would be that would be terrific, man. But uh, Corey, great to have you back, man. Thank you so much. Good luck. Enjoy the ball games. Appreciate you, Jordy. Y'all take care. We'll talk to you soon. All right, there you go. You want to be one of the first people to see Black Panther Wakanda forever? Then text Panther to 337-283-8100 for your chance to win a spot for two on the guest list for a private viewing at Celebrity Theaters in Broussard on November 10th. Once again, text Panther to 337-283-8100 to win tickets for Black Panther Wakanda forever. Brought to you by The Game, Celebrity Theaters, and Sherman in Sherman. We'll take a quick break. When we come back, our football Friday continues. Friday with Faust here on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles. There's no better way to wrap up the work week than talking with the man regarded as the king of Acadiana sports media. KLFY sports director George Faust. It's time for Fridays with Faust here on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. I almost called in sick for this segment because I got to draw the line between friendship and football. And um, I, you know, George got his uh, degree from from the University of Mississippi. Uh, George, I'm, you know, I'm kidding, of course, but welcome, man. How are you? Yes. Oh no, George, are you there? Wait, yeah, I'm here. Would, would you? Nope. Would you say? <laughs> I lost you there for a second, but you got your, you know, graduated from Ole Miss. Let me ask you this: What is a minor in Southern Studies? What kind of crip course is that? That is a course that allows you to not have to pay in-state tuition because the oh. state of Louisiana didn't offer it. <laughs> um, that was that. That was some great homework by my mom at the time 
the only way I could go to Ole Miss is if it, I was considered an in-state student. So very good, um, mom. I, they, 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 you know, they, this is going majors. above and beyond the call of duty, right? Because you, you graduated from college at Ole Miss and you graduated from high school at Rummel. So, I mean, it's like a double whammy today. Are you kidding me? <laughs> you kidding yeah, me? You know, look, uh, you know, what can I say, man? It's going to, some guy got upset, sent me an email because I ended one of my sports casts this week by saying hotty toddy. Oh and, my uh, goodness! So, you know. <laughs> who came up with that? What, you know, who, I thought I thought it was funny. I thought it was funny. Yeah, but who came up with hotty toddy? I know what a toddy is, okay. But hotty toddy, gosh, all my who who came up with that thing? What's the origin of that? Uh, you know, I, I, I really uh, it's been a long time since I, I I took in your freshman year at Ole Miss they that you had take a class and they explain kind of the history of the university and where things came from and all that. And in that class, they actually do tell you like how that yeah. came about. And I, for the life of me, I can't remember yeah, what that's it was. That, uh, I was probably that's that Southern studies that class. class. That's that Southern studies class that everybody makes an A in. I know. I know. If we were zooming. Actually, you might... actually it's not. It's, it's oh. a very, it's, 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 it's really a, a, a unique major study history. Never. I got to study the history of uh, country music, the history of blues, the history of rock. Um, it's you read a lot of William Faulkner, so it's not easy. But yeah, oh, yeah, it's, uh, yeah, it was a, it was okay. a good it was a good major. And then I, in my last semester, I switched majors to broadcasting because I, I I could graduate a semester early. So and the rest uh, is yeah. and the rest is history. If we were zooming, I guarantee you're probably wearing your your powder blue um, today, <laughs> aren't you? Aren't you? Uh, that's so, I, I I am. I actually have on a, an old, a shirt. That uh, my wife got me from uh, from Oxford. So it's, yeah, it's got a Colonel Rebel on the back, and yeah, absolutely. It's a, yeah. Can we just still call right. them the Rebels? I mean, come on. What does it mean? The Sharks, the Black Bears. What the? Y'all are worse than Auburn with the Plainsmen, the War Eagles, and the Tigers. Can you make about? Can you make up your mind? Now, what are you guys? There's no discussion. There's no discussion. There is no Black Bear. There is no Shark. It's the rebels. I'm sorry. Okay. I, like, I don't I care like what people say. It's the rebels. Like you can, okay. you can have Alabama has a, 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 a what the heck is a tide, and then they got an elephant rolling around the sideline. I'm so with you. The, Why can't that, we just be makes, like the Tigers? There's Mike the Tiger, and there you go. There you go. Anyway, you got to keep okay, it simple. Um, you got to keep it simple in Baton Rouge. I understand. Oh I Lord, have mercy. Listen to you. <laughs> Listen to you. Uh, uh, let's get back fun. on track here. Uh, before we get your thoughts on the LSU game, what a great matchup in high school football tonight with St. Thomas Moore, 6-1 and one at 7-0. and oh, Turlings Catholics, got to be the game of the week. That, that is, it is on there. It is, it is the peak of, of high school football. And, you know, Turlings has gone through the gauntlet, right? I mean, they, they have, they've, they're going through it right now. They beat LCA a week ago in a, in a great game. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, to, to remain undefeated. Their goal, I talked to Dane Chaponche this week. I, he was telling me, look, their goal is to win this district championship because, you know, that kind of has lost some luster over the past few years just because of the way the select-not-select thing works right. out. But in that district, if you win district, you're doing something right. And they want to be able to say they were the district champs of District 4-4-A, which meant you had to beat LCA, you had to beat STM, 
You had to beat Westgate. Uh, the, that that to them is very important. So tonight's game, it's got a little bit of added added salt in it as How? well because because Turlington STM. Yeah, I don't know if you know this. They don't get along too well. You know, really? they they've got some cross relationships, but they don't like each other. It just yeah, just putting it out there. You know, I don't think STM and Turlington have any love lost between them, especially when it comes to a basketball, uh, a football game. You know, oh, uh, well, no that always adds a little flavor. Should be a packed house. Um, is there yeah. such thing as a home field advantage in high school? I, I really do think there is. I think that there's a possibility that uh, there's going to be a ton of people at this game, and uh, for, with, with regards to Turlington, yeah, I, I think so because usually the, the the home side is a little bit bigger than the away side. You know, you can't. Yeah, yeah, I think there is. I think okay. the momentum obviously can dictate who's louder. You know, if uh, plays can dictate who's louder, and Turlington's got a really good stadium. And their visitor side is pretty big, so okay. I, I think you'll probably see it'll be even. But I think momentum will be determined by uh, the play on the field. <laughs> Normally, in high school, the home team gets a locker room to run into at halftime. The other team has to go out to the end zone to, the to end sit zone. out there and, and <laughs> do their thing. No, I'm not knocking right. high school. That's just the way it is. Um, no, does uh, Turlings always, uh, always. does yeah. Turlings remain undefeated? I think this is the year they get STM. There's, there's, I, I really do. It's gonna be, it's not gonna be easy. But I think, I think if you look at the just, you know, everybody's talking about offense, including me. I mean, Turling's offense is impressive. I, I just, you watch the way they kind of just throw the ball around. I think uh, they, they're able to do that. STM's able to do that too. But I think the difference is Turling's defense has been just. Up, yeah. you know, playing at a higher level all year this year, and if they continue to do that, I mean, look, they got what four interceptions, I believe, against uh, Juwan Johnson last week. They forced mm-hmm. him into some bad decisions, and and uh, there there was just, I think, Turlings might have have the edge, but I wouldn't be shocked if STM won. But I, I if if you're putting me on the spot and have I am make a decision, I think Turlings ekes out a win over STM, and they oh, remain okay. unbeaten. And I, I just think they're so determined, and it's been—it's kind of like the, the when they played Notre Dame, Turlington and Notre Dame. Notre Dame had them for seven years. They—they've they've dominated the rivalry over the past few years. They—they've kind of gotten Turlington has gotten over that hump, and they've beaten them two in a row. So it's kind of that same mentality, like, hey, and this—this is this. I'm telling you, this is a this is the a rival matchup, man. STM and Turlington—they there's no love loss. Like I said, they—they're they, they're not gonna be boohooing if they if they you know i got you you can watch the highlights on KLF shaking hands and picking them up after after knocking them down i got you you can watch all the highlights of that game and all the high school football games on first and 10 on klfy tonight um george will be there cecilia at opelousas that's another good one with two teams that are six and one um south sides at acadiana got west christian really good games yeah, yeah. Look, uh, that Southside Acadiana game is 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 one I, I I have my eye on too because you know Southside finished second last year to Acadiana in the district, which was kind of a surprise. This year, Josh Fontenot and the and the Sharks aren't aren't surprising anybody. They're they're kind of out there now. Everybody knows what they, that they're that they're a good ball club and uh, 
Acadiana, their, their two losses, LCA and John Curtis. So yep. uh, you can gauge that for what it is. Uh, Acadiana is still a top-tier program despite those two losses. Oh. Um, so, yeah, that one's going to be a, 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 a maybe a new a new 5A, District 3-5A rival uh, brewing. All right. right. We shall see. Boy, John Curtis, every year, they beat, they beat Acadiana 35-14. to 14. They got a freaking machine over there. All right, um, real quick, a couple yeah. <laughs> of predictions from you. Raging Cajuns hosting Arkansas State on Saturday. What do you got? I, I think the Cajuns continue the momentum that they built at Marshall. Uh, it, always Arkansas State. It's a great rival game for the Cajuns. Um, but I, 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 they only beat them by one point a year ago. So That's right. uh, it's always going to be tight. But I, I, I like the Cajuns the way they're, they're kind of trending. And, mm-hmm. and that's a big win they got over Marshall. They build on that. They get the win over ASU. I like this Ben Woolridge dude. Don't give me two quarterbacks yeah. and put, put them in, put them out, put them in, put them out. Give me one, stick with them. The dude looked really, really good against Marshall. Really good. All right, howdy, toddy, gosh almighty, who in the heck are we? Hey, flim, flam, bim, bam, oh miss. <laughs> By darn. What do you think, Tigers? <laughs> the Rebels, they played nobody on the road this year. Now they get a chance look, to either step look, up I, look, or I, step I down. It. I said it early. I said, look. There's, but but here's the thing, Lane Kiffin's figured out it doesn't matter who you play at that in the early stages because look where they're sitting. They're seven and zero. Oh, That's they're right. They're seventh in the country, and so now everybody's talking about them. So you're at a position where now look, you can tell people, hey, look, we're here now. Let now we got to go prove it every week. We got to go prove yeah. it. There's LSU's only one coming place they can go, and that's down. If Jane, Dan- if Jane Daniels plays like he did in, in Gainesville. Uh, I think the Rebels might be in trouble. I just yeah. don't think that's going to happen, and I think Ole Miss uh, will win that game. Although I heard a stat that was crazy the other day that like Ole Miss hasn't won in Tiger Stadium. Two thousand eight. When is it? What is it? And they haven't won in Baton Rouge since two thousand and eight, and they yeah. haven't been yeah, eight and crazy. zero. They haven't been eight and zero in sixty years. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, True. I, mean, it's, I, I ain't going to lie. It's scary, bro. I ain't going to lie. As an old man's guy, I'm not, I'm not, so, uh, I'm not, <laughs> I'm not going to, I'm not going to be sitting back on my patio just sipping a, a hottie toddy. I'm going to be, I'm going to be pacing back and forth. So <laughs> Ole Miss is the equivalent of Oregon in the great Northwest when it comes to uniform selections. They've got about 18,000 okay. different uniforms. What are they wearing for this one? It's going to be uh, – it's pretty tight, actually. A white helmet uh, with a solid red stripe down the middle, red jerseys, and uh, white pants. So, okay. yeah, they're, they're going to look fly. I know. That, look, I, I didn't know how I felt about that, to be honest with you, all those jerseys. Cause I think Oregon goes over the top a little bit. But, uh, you know, I, it, it is what it is. That's what that's what the players want, you know. They want all yeah. these opportunities. To Man, I love those baby blues. I, but, I love the baby yeah, blues and those little white I do, too. It looks so good. Yeah, Pants, it looks so good. I, love I, I like red. Red's my yeah, favorite no, color. So if that. All right. the red, I'm okay with that, too. George, I promise not to. I, I promise not to text you um, during the game unless LSU's up by 21. But then, of course, LSU in the fourth quarter, a 21 point lead is not safe. So I'm not texting at all. The way, look, I don't know. I don't know how good Ole Miss really is. We don't. None of us do because of their schedule and who they played. Uh, they right. beat Kentucky. That was great. But uh, you know, Kentucky had a chance to win that game late. Uh, yeah. it, look, 
I'm going to cautiously be optimistic, and all my friends that are that I'm going to see tonight that are LSU people, I, I I get it. Y'all can y'all can we we're going to have it have it out, and and we'll talk about it. And I get it. I, I'll take all the all the tongue lashings I got I, I got coming to me, but I'm I think Ole Miss goes in and gets their first win since 2008. We'll find out around 6 o'clock tomorrow night. George, enjoy all the fun and festive. <laughs> Great night of high school football. Uh, all the highlights on KLFY tonight. And uh, and thank you, sir. Always fun talking with you, buddy. All right, Jordy. Good talking to you. We'll talk to you later. All right, Georgie Faust. Tune in next week to Jordy Holdberg for Fridays with Faust. Here on The Game, 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana's sports station. The Jordy Holberg Show prides itself on settling for nothing less than the best. This thing has a variety of nauseating aspects to it. Jordy has the best takes, the best guests, and let's be honest, the best nickname. The Blonde Bomber is cool as hell. I agree. All right. Let's play ball. Back to only the best on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. We're back. We're back and better than ever. I believe we are. George McNeil, are you here? Is anybody here having some? Hey, George, I'm in the building. Connection. There you go, George. Are you there? Yes, sir. I'm in the building. Uh, you're in the building. James, can you hear me? James? Hi. Well, I'll go as long long as I can. And if I can't, George and James, you take over. All right. It's my favorite time of the week, uh, day of the week, and favorite time of the day as we bring in George Becknell, James Mesh. We've talked about all these games for all week long. Now it's time to make some predictions. But we're going to start in the NBA, George. How about them Pelicans with their opening win over the Brooklyn Nets? The big trio gets 74 points. They look terrific. Now they go to Charlotte to take on the Hornets, and the Pels are six-point favorites. Do they make it two straight, big guy? Oh, they absolutely make it two straight, George, for like a number of reasons. Number one, the Pelicans are like a year or two ahead of where the Charlotte Hornets are. Number two, the Pelicans, like you said, are completely healthy. They just went to Brooklyn. I know there's some turmoil up there, but there's still Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, and Ben Simmons, and they just beat them unmercifully. Look, as long as the big three are healthy and they're ready to go, Zion Williamson looks like he's in shape. This Pelicans team is going to win some games. If they can stay healthy, they might get 50 out of this season, Jordan. I'm just saying. So, yes, I think they make it. They they cover the spread. They beat the Pelicans, not the Pelicans, the Hornets, their former name, right. by 10 points or more. Who leads the team in scoring? B.I.? Who leads them score? B.I. Yeah. Okay. All right. James, <laughs> what do you think about the Pels? Oh, dude, they're going to win tonight. I mean, I don't want to go out and say that they're going to win 55, 60 games, but I think they're they're going to they're a lot more improved. They got 50. Uh, I see yeah, I see like 50, 52 wins. I, I feel like that's a realistic goal, 52 and 30. Woo! My goodness. Let, I don't let, I don't want to just... I don't want to jump on the train and like right away with it already, but they're showing good signs. And there are some things to work out. I mean, that's with every team, but it's it's a really good start, yeah. and I look for them to continue that, especially with the Saints sucking. 
Yeah, let's turn the, the page to the Pels. Uh, I got to get to December. I got to get to Christmas Day, and then I'll tell you. Uh, I got to see them stay healthy. But so far, uh, one game, I, I loved what I saw. They're going to take care of business against Charlotte, and they're going to come home, and they're going to take care of business against the Utah Jazz in a sold-out um Smoothie King Center. All right, let's get to college football. Uh, UCLA's undefeated. Chip Kelly going back to where he earned his keep as an Oregon Duck head coach. The Ducks, uh, this is a big Pac-12 game. The Ducks are favored by five and a half over the unbeaten Bruins. James, I mean, uh, George, who do you like in that one? I mean, this this has to be the Bruins. You know, uh, I, I'm not sure why Oregon's even favored. You know, you look at Dorian Thompson-Robinson, and on the other side, you got Bo Nix. I mean, I'd take Dorian Thompson-Robinson over Bo Nix. It's not even close with all those weapons he has. Then you look at it, I can't forget that Oregon got completely dismantled by Georgia. I know it was early, yeah, but they got completely waxed. So for me, for those couple of reasons, I like UCLA on the, home, you know, on the road. And I think UCLA will be in that Pac-12 conference uh, title game. Okay. So give me, give me the Bruins. You got the Bruins. Uh, James, are you going uh, along the same way? I can deny them no longer. UCLA and DTR, that's that dude. I'm going with the Bruins. <laughs> I can right. deny them um, no longer. I like Dorian Thompson-Robinson. I like. Zach Charbonnet, um, they they took Utah and picked up 502 total yards. Bo Nix is due for a good game. Give me the Ducks at home to Ooh. knock out the Bruins. They got a score to settle with the old coach. The Ducks, that, that Austin Stadium is going to be nuts. Phil Knight's going to put them in some. You see the helmets they're going to be wearing with the pink to, to celebrate Breast Cancer Awareness Month. It's going to be cool as cool can get. Give me the Ducks in an upset over the Bruins. All right, let's see. Um, in the ACC, uh, how about unbeaten Syracuse? Are you kidding me? Are they saying to Jim Beheim what um, – Stoops said to John Calipari, this is not just a basketball school. This is a football school. The Carrier Dome, Syracuse, they're heading to that fake Death Valley at Clemson. Uh, looks like Clemson found that their quarterback's getting better and better. I can't even say his name. I'm just going to call him DJ. DJU. <laughs> I'm not going to say anything else. DJU. Um What do you think? Number 14, Syracuse at number five, Clemson, George. Man, this is going to be a great game. And, and you're right about the Syracuse Orange, man. I think Donovan McNabb or, or Ernie Davis or, or, or Jim Brown or somebody Brown, yeah. was on the team last time they were undefeated at this point in the season. But I, I just feel like, you know, Clemson, this is going to come down to a very, very close ball game. Clemson is a team that expects to win. They, they've been in big games. You know, their coaches have been in big games. I kind of feel like Syracuse is kind of – like that Cinderella, that 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 they're lucky to be here type of deal. Mm -hmm. Okay, I think it's a close football game because I think Syracuse is good, but when it comes down to winning to winning time, I trust Clemson more than I trust Syracuse. So give me Clemson by like three. 
everybody talks about the running backs. Uh, nobody gives Floyd Little any love, but he was a really good Syracuse. Oh, yeah. <laughs> he was. Really good back in the day. Uh, the Orange, uh, James, have already exceeded their win total from a year ago. This would be like a fairy tale ending <laughs> for them. But uh, Clemson's won 37 straight at home. 37. Every streak has to come to an end, doesn't it? Yeah, we've talked about a couple of streaks ending uh, lately. But for me, uh, Clemson, they never dominate anyone. It feels like it's always a lot closer than you anticipate. But they always come out with wins. That 14-point spread is too much in my eyes. I think Syracuse is is better better than that. But I like DJ Ugalele and those Clemson Tigers to get to 38 straight wins. I missed a couple of games with you guys, uh, and I shouldn't have, and I apologize for this. So off the cuff, real quick, number 17, Kansas State at number 8, TCU. The SEC's begging for a Kansas State win. Who wins that one? I, I like TCU. I like TCU all year. Um, I, I'm, I'm continuing to like TCU. I'm not sold on okay. Kansas State. Um, TCU, they take care of the football. They throw it well. They run it well. You can't stop them. Give it to Horn Frogs. Okay. I'm laying the uh, same way. I, I forgot I'm taking TCU. Adrian, I've got Adrian Martinez, the former Cornhuskers, coaching his quarterback in Kansas State. Max Duggan's uh, quarterback in TCU. Uh, James, what do you think? What was that one? I, I, was, I was struggling with that to hear you. Kansas State, TCU, who you got? Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm taking the Horn Frogs in this one as well. I, I like what they can do. All right, Mississippi State, George, give Alabama any trouble whatsoever? They do give Alabama some trouble. Uh, Mississippi State is a complete football team, but I think Alabama's going to come out laser focus um, after that loss uh, against Tennessee, first of 15, 16 games. So I, I think Alabama wins, but Mississippi State makes it interesting. Okay. James? Oh, Alabama, I'm taking them easily. I I think usually when the oh, few like times that they do lose, I mean, they come back razor sharp, focused, and they hunt on the prowl and take down their prey. Let me see how many penalties Alabama has in the first quarter. If they don't have any, it's going to be a blowout. If they have some, could be lead to many, many more. There just for my own interest because I'm hoping South Carolina beats Texas A&M out there uh, on the East Coast uh, just so the pressure mounts on Jimbo Fisher. I'm hoping that. Do you think that happens, George? I think it's a great shot that it happens, Jordan. I will take South Carolina because I I just don't see what's good about Texas A&M. They they have all this talent, but there's nobody that really jumps off the – off the TV at you, off the screen at you when you watch them. So it's a road game. Give me, give me South Carolina. I'll take that one. There you go. What do you think, George? I'm, I'm leaning with the Gamecocks. I on mean, this. James. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm, I'm leaning towards the Gamecocks as well. I mean, they're on a three-game winning streak, and they're just coming off a ten-point win against Kentucky. I think they're riding pretty high, and it's at home for them, so they should have all the advantage. Give me the Fighting Spencer Rattlers. Let's make it unanimous. Come on, Gamecocks. Oh. Let's go, baby. Let's go. Um, all right. First time, and I got to give this this other state uh, team in our state some love for the first time in decades. Decades. Two lanes in the top 25. They're at home, and they take on 
the Memphis Tigers. George, who you got? Oh, I got the two-lane green wave in this majority. I, I feel like they they play a lot better defense than Memphis. Memphis average it allows 30 points per game uh, and two lanes allowing 50. So give me the green wave at home, Yuma Stadium. They stay uh, undefeated in conference. And uh, we remember Sean King, you know, as they're going undefeated in conference. So give me two lanes. I'm riding the wave as well. Green wave rolling down the field. I'm rolling with I'm rolling with Tulane as well on this one. Tulane. I mean, look before the season. Uh, we 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 lost Jordy there. Uh, yeah, the, we lost him. Yeah, the, the last two games we got on the uh, docket for us. I got you. I'm back. Oh, I'm back. back. Oh, okay. Oh, good. Back. back. What you got for us, Jordy? So you like the re- the Green Wave? First time, first time. I, they were about to fire Willie Fritz. He was on the he was on the precip the Red Wolves of Arkansas State and the UL Ray. Asian Cajuns who look like they found a quarterback, but Arkansas State's got a really good quarterback as well. Yeah, uh, they they really do, Jordan. But I, I, I like I like the Cajuns in this one. Um, I like the Cajuns at home. Um, Arkansas State um, can can actually score a lot of points, but at the same time, they give up a lot of points. And the Cajuns is uh, the Cajuns are a lot better defensively. What do you think? So give give me the Raging Cajuns. Yeah, I'm gonna have. I'm going to have to go with the Cajuns as well. I think if they stick with the 1QB system, they'll be able to run with it. The defense has been good for the Cajuns all year. I know that Arkansas State, they don't turn it over too much, but they also don't force a lot of turnovers. So I think if UL can get one turnover, I think they could take total advantage of it and get through the game itself. And I'm, I'm just going to take the Vermilion White in this one. And then the final game on the docket is Ole Miss and LSU, of course. I mean, we got to end it on on the Tigers, can we not? Yeah, we got to, brother. Um, I, I like the Tigers in this one. I know Ole Miss is ranked number seven in the country, but I, I, I haven't been terribly impressed with them. They got a good win against Kentucky, but other than that, I don't see what they've done except just, I guess, go out and take care of business. Um, if Jay Daniels plays the way he played last week, I don't see Ole Miss beating the Tigers, so I, I'd like the Tigers at home in this one. Yeah, and for me, when it, for me, what I'm going to do is I'm going to be the sacrificial you're, lamb. You're looking good, George. By the way, I, I got to get my pick in. Um, well, thank you, brother. I, I can't hear you anymore. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if we'll be able to get Jordy back, but. I'm gonna have to go with the or I'm gonna go with Ole Miss on this one. I'm gonna be the sacrificial lamb because I know <laughs> lately for me, anytime I pick somebody, they they always lose. I picked the Yankees and end up going in the Astros direction. I picked the Saints last night. It was the Cardinals. I mean, and I I think I even picked Florida last week, so LSU was able to win. So I'm gonna try and do the same thing. Hopefully it works out. I I liked what Jane Daniels did. He's starting to show improvements. He's starting to show a lot more confidence. So I'm going to take Ole Miss to hopefully hopefully there's some reverse psychology with that. That way the LSU Tigers can get the win and ruin the undefeated season for the Ole Miss Rebels. 
Oh, I, I absolutely agree. I, I, I like that approach, James, because, you know, this would be a big game for the Tigers if they can win this game. Because if you look at it, they're 3-1 and one in conference. They could get this big win. Um, they, they, they still have a legit shot to end up in the, in the conference championship game. Oh, yeah. Know, if, so they'd have to beat Alabama, of course, but I don't know. I just don't feel like they're just – that's just unfathomable at this point. Yeah. I just feel like Alabama can't be beaten. I, th- I think I think there's still a chance. It just all depends on how it goes down in Death Valley on Saturday. Absolutely. This is definitely a big one. All right, George. Well, we're going to go ahead and take a timeout. Appreciate you always coming on with us to get to get picks and like get your opinion on things with all things sports, whether it's LSU, Saints, Cajuns, all that all that extra stuff. But uh appreciate you, man. All right, James. Appreciate you, brother. Talk to you next week. All right. And that was George Becknell. We're going to try and get Jordy back for the final segment, but we're going to go ahead and take a quick timeout, and we'll come back to wrap up the show. You're listening to the Jordy Holberg Show here on The Game, 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. You're home for the Houston Astros and LSU Tigers. Download the free The Game mobile app for Android and Apple devices. No matter where you are in the country, you can listen to The Game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. All right, apologies. I'm going to get their Cajuns in a close one. In a close one over Arkansas State. Now I'm going to say the t- I'll continue to say it again. I think it's a very close game. I think it's going to keep people in their seats through the entirety of it. I think it goes right down to the wire, and I think LSU wins by, I don't know, a field goal, something along those lines, uh, a three-point kind of a game uh, to upset the route. Chelsea, no Saints game to worry about. Thank goodness for that. That's over. Uh, Pelicans tonight, Astros on Saturday and Sunday, and um, and, and then we'll go from there. So special thanks to all of our guests today. Larry Holder of The Athletic on the Saints. Ert Jones uh, talking about his days as a Tiger.